0: Welcome to Therapist in Your Pocket, the podcast that's here to wrap you in warmth and sprinkle a little bit of sunshine in your life. I'm your host, Lucy Ellis, and I'm thrilled to have you here with me. I'm passionate about creating a safe space for open and honest conversations where we explore the depths of the human mind and heart. My mission is to enliven, inspire and enrich your life by helping you discover your inner strength, your worth, your uniqueness, your special source. Remember though that therapist in your pocket is not a replacement for professional therapy. The insights and the advice shared here are meant to support and inspire, not to diagnose or replace. Individualised care. Your well being is so unique and so personal to you. So self responsibility is key. What we discuss may not be 100% applicable to your unique circumstances. So let's embark on this transformative journey together with an open heart and a spirit of exploration. You're in great hands. And I'm here to guide you with warmth and understanding. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Therapist in Your Pocket. We're kicking things off differently in 2024, uh, whereby... A few of these episodes are going to be sprinkled in with a couple of interviews that I'm having with some beautiful powerhouse therapists that I'm finding in the the realm of therapy out there. And I want to introduce you to these people and um, explore the different ways in which we can work with ourselves, to um, develop a you know deeper connection with ourselves and to heal. There's just so many different ways to do therapy and to have therapy and to grow and to heal. And I think it's important that we have these conversations and learn what else is out there. And so to kickstart this off, um, we have Laura Mazotta, who is a holistic therapist of 20 years and Akashic Records channel. Grounding you into sustainable self mastery through expansion of your consciousness, confidence, and sovereignty in human connection. Delicious. Aside from her devotion to her mission, Laura loves spending time with her three children, husband of 26 years, and golden retriever. Laura travels as many places as possible to explore the beauty and the magic of Mother Earth and enjoys hiking breaking into song at a moment's notice, and bringing humour into almost any situation and eating dark chocolate. I love this, Laura. Welcome to my podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be so fun.
0: It already is so fun. Laura and I have had a little mini meeting um, before we pressed record on this uh, podcast and there's so many things that I resonate so much with you like breaking into song. I do this all the time (laughs) so who knows where this is going to um, lead us today. So tell me though because I love hiking as well and I love travel as well what where was your last where did you last go and hike or what was your most memorable hike?
1: I would say the last, last memorable hike that I went on was out in California. We went out to Mill Valley, California, right outside of San Francisco, and there is just gorgeous hiking out there. And we were hiking through the Redwoods and right along the Pacific coastline, and it was... The reason it was so perfect is not just because it was breathtakingly beautiful, but because the weather out there is perfectly conducive to hiking. It's like 70 degrees and like a little cool breeze and no humidity. Mm -hmm. So you can hike for like six hours out there and never really feel fatigued because the weather is just so ideal and you can stay out there all day. It just, it's so freeing. It's amazing. Mm,
0: And is it not very um, hilly? Is
1: it flat? Um, It's extremely hilly. Oh, extremely hilly. Oh. I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and that is like the city of hills. I mean, no matter where you go, everything's a hill. It feels like it's straight up. And when I went out there, I'm like, wow, this is the one place that I have been that is hillier than Pittsburgh. (laughs) (laughs) Just when you said you could hike all
0: day, I was like, well, if it's all uphill, I'm out of there.
1: It's not all uphill, but it definitely gets the buns burning, yes. And the heart rate
0: up, which is what we need, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Ticking all the boxes. It's so lovely to meet you. Let's talk about uh, some of the practices that you do, in particular the Akashic Records. Um, Mm. Can you explain what that is?
1: Sure. So the Akashic Records are a higher dimensional space. So this is like a higher level of consciousness. I like to call it a spiritual library in the clouds because I'm a very visual learner. So if you visualize this library up in the clouds that is manned by angels and guides and loved ones who have passed, and it has an infinite number of books. This is a gigantic library. And there's a book in there for every single soul that's ever sparked into being on the planet. Well, not even on the planet, just ever sparked into being at all. So when you open your Akashic Record, it's like taking the book of you off the shelf. And it has all the information about your soul from the time it first sparked through past lives, if you believe in them, current life, future lives. And I like to call it Google for the soul, too, because you can ask any question you want. And it's really the best way to get a very intimate, sacred relationship with your soul, where you really understand the essence of who you are beneath just the conditioning from this lifetime or the stories that you've experienced in this lifetime and the narratives connected to who you are. Like you really get to feel into who you are at your core.
0: Mm. I'm a book lover too. And Mm. maybe that's what I've been searching for my whole life. If we're all book Mm -hmm. lovers out there, I know I've got a, a list a mile long that I'm wanting to read. There's just not enough hours in the day but maybe this is the book that I've been searching for is my book of my soul. How does one go about finding there, like connecting in? And I mean, if it's a library of all the different souls, how do you find yours?
1: Right. So you just connect through a meditative experience and a ritual where you set the intention and you connect to this higher energy to open up your Akashic record and, when you set that intention and there's so many different ways of getting into the space. Once you learn how to access your Akashic record and you know what it feels like to be in there and to be in relationship with this space, you can get in there on your own, you know, but um, there's some rituals you can use like some chanting, some omings, some movement, some breath, Um, but it's mostly meditative and you get into this space and, um, and then you start having conversations with your guides or you just allow whatever your soul wants to show to you to show itself. So this could be information that you need to know about moving forward in a certain area of your life. It could be areas within you that need to be healed or areas within you that, honestly, you've never really noticed were there that are really eager to be seen. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of cool because it's a way of really meeting all of yourself, which can feel a little daunting. As well, but it's really beautiful because it's it's what leads you to this sustainable self acceptance and appreciation of all aspects of who you are.
0: Mm, Yeah, beautiful. And so the way you are explaining it now, it's a personal process. Or do you Mm -hmm. as so do you as a practitioner support people to tap into their akashic records, or do you read? other people's Akashic records for them?
1: I do both. I do both. So people can book Akashic record sessions with me and I will read their records, meaning I will enter their Akashic record and I will bring through answers to questions that they've asked Mm -hmm. about their own soul's journey or their own life and, you know, this lifetime. But what I really love to do is to teach people how to do this for themselves because it's honestly really, really cool because... Every single person who opens themselves to learning this process learns their own unique way of connecting with this energy and their own unique way of having this energy move through them and get expressed through them. And so the more people that interact with this space, the more we all learn about how to work with the divine, how to work with the infinite. And so it's cool because as we have more and more people with their unique nuances and their unique energy bringing things through in different ways we're like oh i never knew we could do that in that space oh i never knew we could access oh that's a pocket of the akash i haven't seen before oh my gosh is that how the divine can work right like it's just kind of fun because you get to take something that's completely abstract and unseen and unknown and start to really get a tangible understanding of how divine energy can be expressed through each of us uniquely
0: yeah, beautiful. And I suppose for the individual, for them to be able to connect with, make those mm-hmm. connections for themselves, uh, there's one thing being told it, but the other thing being able to connect it and experience it, because I'm assuming the experience of connecting with it would be beautiful and um, mm-hmm. transcendental.
1: It just feels amazing. I mean, I tell people all the time, I'm like, you can literally open your records and just sit there. You you don't have to do anything. You don't have to ask questions. You don't have to look for information. Like just being in that space just feels really relaxing and really loving and really gentle and supportive. And I often encourage a lot of people just to do that. Like just if you meditate, if you go for walks in nature, if you like to do tapping exercises, you know, whatever it is you like to do already, just open the Akashic Records and do the same thing. You know, you don't have to do anything fancy. Mm. Just being in that space really, really um, calms the body, calms the nervous system and and just opens you to more change more quickly. Mm.
0: And we know, well, I know through talking to you previously that you came across this and you have um, a connection to the Akashic Records and and it's helped you heal. So Mm -hmm. could you tell um, our listeners about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've always been spiritual, always been very spiritual. I grew up in the Presbyterian church and I was actually going to be a minister. I was planning on being a minister and working in my church. Um, But life took me in a different direction. And then I was kind of in and out of my spirituality in terms of traditional religious practices because I really didn't fully feel like I belonged there. And then about 10 years ago, both my parents got cancer. My dad passed away. And then I got pregnant with my third child. And it was a very sick pregnancy. And in these events, I kept leaning further and further back from working so much from being the overachiever and the type A perfectionist that I was, you know. Um, And then about a year after my third child was born, I got sepsis. And I was about 30 minutes from no longer being here. And I have had quite the physical recovery since then so that was about almost eight years ago at this point point. and for the first few years i couldn't walk um couldn't drive i was very dizzy and the medical community told me about a year and a half after i got sepsis that i needed to apply for disability and i was just going to keep going downhill And I just, for the first time in my rule following life, was like, yeah, I don't believe you. Like, I just don't see that for myself. I didn't know why, but I was like, I just know so deeply that that is not what my life holds. I just know that that's not who I am. I'm a very spunky, vibrant, playful human, like, no. And so I started looking into alternative ways of healing, and I worked with naturopaths and acupuncturists, and I mean, you you name it, I've tried it. Um, I became a Reiki master teacher, and that was really beautiful because I was able to just feel really loved and really held and very nourished and nurtured by that energy. And then um, I worked with the emotion code a decent amount, which was very helpful. And then one of my friends suggested the Akashic Records, and I rolled my eyes, and I'm like, what is this? Like, here's another modality that somebody's, like, slapped a name on and made up. Like, what is this? And then it ev- eventually just kept calling to me, and when I started going into it, I didn't understand it, and it didn't make sense to me. But every time I opened the records, I would have no physical symptoms, and then when I closed them, I'd be super energized. And my husband was like, I don't know what you're doing, and it makes no sense, but you are so much better. Just keep doing it because you're so much better. And what was funny is I went into it for physical healing, but my anxiety went down, my confidence was higher than it had ever been. I had so much clarity cognitively I'm like – Something, there's something to this, even though I didn't get it yet, you know? Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. I had to just consistently keep practicing and learn how to use the space. I mean, this was so far outside of my comfort zone and so far outside of my, like, very linear type A way of thinking. But man, did it change my life. I mean, it completely opened me to a depth of healing that I never could access in the therapy world. And it just blew my mind. And it got to the point where I just, everything coming out of my mouth in traditional therapy sessions was around energetic and spiritual shifting. And I just knew that that was the answer and the sustainable change for people. So I started transitioning my practice. And that's what I do now, is just scream it from the rooftops for people who will listen and say, don't get your butt knocked down by sepsis before you pay attention. Right, yeah, to you, you know yep. what I mean?
0: That's right. I think that that possibly needed to happen for you in order for you to be whacked in the face with it. Um, yep. and originally, were you going in? It's so powerful because it's self healing, you know. Um, mm. and so were you going in with a list of things that I want to address and ask answers for, or were you just, you know, seeing how it goes? And just Oh, no it. way.
1: I wanted answers. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm here. I want answers. Tell me what's going on. That was where I was at first. Now I'm like, whatever you want to give me is fine. I'm in the flow. Mm. But at the beginning, I I would go in with very, very specific questions. And I wanted to know what was going on. I wanted to know how to get better. Mm.
0: That's right. And I mean, I think what you've potentially learned along this road, because you said, I went in for physical wellness But all of a Mm -hmm. sudden, anxiety, we know that it's all connected, you know, and definitely a lot of our physical uh, disease is coming from our emotional um, and spiritual um, health. So Mm -hmm. that's wonderful. Now, you mentioned that you were a therapist. Mm Mm-hmm. What type of therapy, traditional therapy, did you do before you decided just to emerge completely into emerge? See what I did there.
1: <laughs> I see what you did there. You are so fancy. Yeah, I. So I've been a therapist for twenty years. I'm still a therapist. I just don't practice traditionally anymore. And, um, I mean, I, I specialized in eating disorders for twenty years. And I also became the local expert for adolescent girls who self-harmed and were suicidal. So I worked with a lot of that. I worked with a lot of OCD. I worked with a lot of psychotic patients as well in the hospitals. Um, So I kind of had my toe in a few different areas. But... um, Man, I loved it. I mean, it just just beautiful relationships that are cultivated in the therapeutic space, you know. Um, but I do find that, and that's, I think, one of the things that really led me to my deep belief in what I do now is just the number of people with chronic symptoms in particular that just kept really working hard. Like, they were really invested in healing just kept feeling defeated because they were trying this modality after that modality and this type of program and that type of program and just could not get to a sustainable resolution mm. of this chronic pattern. Mm.
0: Yeah, and I, I wonder, so when you access the Akashic Records and you ask a question and you get an answer or... How does the answers come through? We'll start there and then I've got a second
1: question. Sure. Well, it's funny because I'll give you an example. So I was working with a traditional therapy patient and I'd been working with her for a few years. She was a college student and she wanted to know which career path to go on. And so she and I, based on the information that we had, based on our sessions and stuff, it was very clear she was being, she was being guided in one direction by her own wisdom. And I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, you know, it makes a lot of sense and then she said, can we open my Akashic Record? Because she was somebody who was open, and at that point, I had started integrating this. And so I said, sure. So we opened the Akashic Record, and as soon as we tuned in, um, the answer was, yeah, you guys are both wrong. Like, <laughs> it's the other way. And I think that's what's so cool is that you're really getting information from a soul level. And that information can come through in a number of ways. I mean, um, you can talk about the clair senses, which is one way that we talk about intuitive skills. Like, if you're clairvoyant, it means you can see visuals in the records. If you're clairaudient, you can hear things, like you can hear guides talking to you. If you're clairsentient, it's like you feel sensations coming up in the body or emotions. And when you're connected to that space, you know that those emotions or sensations are really messages. It's energy that's moving through you, trying to to explain to you through symbolism, really what the message is. And that's the the key piece, is that when you're working with the Akashic Records, the information being brought through is very often in symbolism, at least at first, where they'll show you images or symbols or pictures or colors. Um, If you get sensations in the body, it's kind of like, okay, what does my heart symbolize? What, does my, what do my feet symbolize? Moving forward, stepping into onto the next path of your journey, right? Things like that. Um, and so it's starting to really understand how they communicate because they don't communicate in human language much of the time. And so it's starting to understand how they communicate through you. Um, and they're going to communicate through you differently than they'll communicate through me right? And they typically use a way to communicate that feels the most natural for you. So for me, I'm very clairsentient, which means I feel things come up. And I'm very claircognizant, which means that I just know something. All of a sudden, I'll enter the Akashic Records and I'll just know something so clearly, there's no doubt about it in my mind that I didn't know before I entered that space.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And so, obviously, we go there, we, we might get like, for example, with that client that you just shared where you were like, yeah, let's, you know, I feel like I need to be going over here. Okay, yep. And then the Akashic Records is like, no, both of you are <laughs> wrong. Uh, and so then we have to take that information. Now, that's just information at that point, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Then we come back to our ego
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then we have to trust. There's that. Yeah. There's that little piece right there. And how hard is that to do? I can imagine it would be very difficult, Um, but I suppose once you um, put yourself out there, you follow the guidance, Mm -hmm. you'll see how it works. So tracking this client that decided to go, um, did she follow or he follow um, the path of the soul?
1: She did. She followed the path of the soul and she is loving it. She's so happy. Right. She's living the life. It's so beautiful. And, and you're exactly right. Cause that's actually the last thing I was going to say there was around trust. Then you got to trust. Right. And I think that's the hard part. And that's why I tell people, you know, you, you don't have to jump off a cliff to start this process, right? Like dip your toe in. I mean, if you listen to the Akashic records and say, okay, I'm going to allow them to guide me this morning in terms of my morning routine or what I'm going to wear today or what I'm going to eat for breakfast, you know, like try those things on for size. Like for instance, I'll give an example. Like I did it one day where I took my dog out to just go to the bathroom outside, take her out. And I'm like, I'm just going to let my body lead me this morning. So I took her out and then I just ended up started walking, starting to walk. And I was like, I guess we're walking. And so then we just ended up going for a walk and then we met a neighbor. We're talking to the neighbor who then jogged something within me that encouraged me to look something up when I got home that led me to this deep knowing and understanding of something. And so it's just so wild how that can unfold when you're open to allowing yourself to be led that the littlest, tiniest shifts and things can add together into this expansion of understanding or deep sense of like love and self-connection that. You never would have thought of if you had thought, "Oh, I'm just going to take my dog out, or I'm going to go take a walk." You know what I mean? Mm. So that's that's the the practice and the process of being led that I encourage you to just just play with in safe, small ways and just see what opens up when you're intentional about it.
0: Mm. Yeah. So it's you don't need to be sitting in meditation to or doing that ritual to connect in, uh, mm-hmm. but. But what you're suggesting is just, um, being present with your body and, um, letting go of what your head wants you to do, what, what you should be doing or what you could be doing or, yeah, which is, oh, we all need to do more of that, don't we?
1: I know. Well, because like I had a masterclass that I ran this morning on YouTube and, I was like, oh, okay. I got to sit down and really organize the points that I'm going to be talking about today. And like, but my body was just toast. And I'm like, and it. Funny enough, the master class was on surrender. <laughs> so I was like, okay, Laura Mazzotta. So I was like, well, I'm going to surrender here, and I'm just going to listen to my body, and I'm going to rest, and I'm just going to lay here until my master class begins. And I'm going to allow myself to be led and allow spirit to just speak through me in whatever is meant to be received by people in this experience. Mm -hmm. And every time I do that, it's even better than if I had planned it out. Because when I plan it out, I'm taking like this big universal flowing energy and I'm, I'm pigeonholing it right into something very narrow. And that energy does not want to be stifled. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And you, 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 you're channeling it through the mind, which is not where it should be channeled mm-hmm. through. Uh, yes. and it's it's a tough one to to wrap our heads around because i I believe that we've been conditioned from a very early age that you know mind is everything. mind, mm-hmm. you know, mindset and get yourself there and um, just think differently and think more positively and push on through and you know grind. Um, which has really just made us a little bit dumb in a way because we're we're missing out on all of this other information that that mm. we have. Um, so what? So let's let's suppose that somebody is listening to this and they're really curious about even just this conversation around how do I live more present and out, more out of my mind. Um, mm. And or how do I start the process of I don't wouldn't even know how what that looks like or what have I meant to do um, to live my life in that way? What would you say is a good place to start?
1: Yeah, I mean it depends on the person. I think that there's a few different places you can start with that. One is is a very basic cognitive technique where I like to call it the five 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 technique, where you're literally just looking around. What are five things I can see? What are five things I can feel? What are five things I can hear, right? Just in your moment, just to bring you to the present moment from a very conscious, cognitive perspective, right? That's one way to just kind of immediately ground yourself into the present moment. The second thing is absolutely being in nature. That's a huge one because when you're outside in nature, especially if you're like walking in nature and you can just be mindful by counting your steps you know, or focusing on um, naming things around you that you can see, noticing things, how they might be different from the last time you walked on that path. Um, Just being, nature's a really beautiful way to invite us into presence. So that's another good one. Um, I also like to tell people that, to release the mind that when they're breathing, as they breathe in, um they're breathing in from the heart and then they're breathing out exhaling through the ears. So it's almost like they're releasing the mind through the ears.
0: Oh, um, this is new?
1: Yeah, it's kind of a beautiful practice because it's like oh I get to breathe in through the heart space all the way up into the throat and then just release through the ears and just allow that mind to relax because the mind likes to have a vacation too. So it's almost like you're giving it that opportunity to have a little bit of a vacation and say listen I'll be right back you know we can hang out in another 15 minutes but right now I'm just chilling you know and just just tell it it can go on vacation for a short period of time um so so that's a really good way to start practicing presence as well and for me um I'm a very tactile person so I really like um I really like hugs and affection. So one of the ways that I stay really present is just like hugging my kids or hugging my husband, um, hugging myself, even putting lotion on things like that. Um, And just really connecting to the sensation of, of being present and just appreciating that when I hug my daughter, what does her hair smell like? What does it feel like to hold her? And I listen to her giggle, you know, and just, just bringing as many of the five senses online that you can when you are in the present moment are just very helpful to, to kind of anchor you into the present moment. Mm, yeah.
0: Beautiful. My favourite was breathing through the years, out through the years. Mm. And I just did that a few times and it was just, yeah, beautiful, mm-hmm. a, a great way to relax the, and, and be present, come back to presence. And, mm-hmm. and I suppose that also once we can do that, then we can have the time. Because how long does it take to access the Akashic Records? In- yeah,
1: that, that's a tough one, right? Because for me, as I said, I was seeing results pretty quickly, but I didn't really get it or feel it palpably that I was in that space for a while. Mm-hmm. So it can be immediate for some people, especially if they've been intuitive for a long time or they've done a lot of intuitive work. Um, They can connect right away. Those are the people that just really irritate me because (laughs) I take them in and I'm like, how come you got this right away? I didn't get this right away. But it took me like three to six months really to get really feeling confident and solid in what I was bringing through. Um, Sometimes people can do it. Sometimes it takes them a year, you know, and sometimes it's right away, but it's about that consistency and that faith. Um, and continuing to go back into this space that, um, that's really necessary because again you're creating a relationship. So you want to create that consistency of hey I'm, I'm showing up. I'm committed to this, mm-hmm. right? And and how we communicate and how we work together. And I'm not just going to throw in the towel if I don't get what I want.
0: <laughs> well, that's very yeah. ego, isn't it? I you've yeah. really got to put that. It's a real um, lesson in yeah. Yeah, connecting in and, and um, staying present with the work. And so does that mean that can you now access it any you want to or do yeah. you still have off days where you can't quite get there?
1: I would say for the most part I'm always connected. Um, I can literally just close my eyes, not even, and just set an intention and I'm there um, just because I've been working with them for so many years. but. There's days, sometimes like I'll go a week where I just don't get a ton consciously from that space, but that doesn't mean that I'm not receiving from it, right? Like I'm still receiving energetically, but I just may not have conscious understanding because I'm either like my nervous system is activated or I'm like stuck in the human sauce because I'm Christmas shopping or, you know, like just I get distracted, you know, or my, like I said, my nervous system is activated. And so there are some times where I get less, but There can also be really intentional times for us to receive less from the divine because we're meant to just kind of settle and allow all of these things that we have brought through and all of this expansion that we have felt to kind of find its place and settle in so that we're not constantly on this like self-improvement, let's move forward cycle because that's not the plan.
0: What is the plan?
1: The plan is to surrender to the unknown and realize that we don't always have to know everything and that we're perfect just the way we are. There's nothing wrong with us. We don't have to fix ourselves. You're completely fine for who with who you are. And it's like, just allow what comes forward to be this beautiful gift from the universe that allows you to be in a deeper space of intimacy and appreciation of who you've come here to be and just, just let that be enough. Like you don't have to constantly be in this search for getting better or being better.
0: Mm, yeah, striving for accomplishments and that type of thing. But I can understand uh, illness, for example, like sepsis or these chronic yeah. illnesses. It's so desperate. People people live in in um, hell every day. Yeah, um, I
1: did. Yeah, I did for sure. And I remember for a long time. I went into the Akashic Records, like I said, four answers. Like, I'm like, I am here to heal, right? Heal me. And (laughs) Right, exactly. It was like being very bossy. I was like, (laughs) listen, do what I say, universe. And, you know, that was hilarious because that's not really going to work, right? And so I realized after a while, I was like, yes, of course I'm getting better, but... I also realized how much I was trying to get better and feeling desperate to do so. So I was going in there with this desperation energy rather than this really open energy of give me whatever you've got, give me whatever I'm meant to receive right now so that I can span expand as I'm meant to and not as my controlling ego is dictating, mm. right? Because the fact is, I got most I I expanded the most in my health when I completely surrendered my life and just said, listen, if I'm meant to be sick, I'm meant to be like, if, if that's what you want from for me, if that's what the universe wants for me, then I will I will agree, I will accept that because I accept that the universe is more intelligent than I am and that my soul's decision to be in this body, however, it's meant to be is is wise, Right. And that was a big step for me, but it was one where I, it was very helpful for me to stop gripping onto. I have to get better. I have to get better. I need to be at this level of health in order to be okay, in order to be good enough, in order to be successful, in order to prove that I'm strong. You know, like it was still proving energy.
0: My years are running out. I'm wasting yeah. all these years being sick.
1: <laughs> yep. And exactly. S- mm.
0: And so what did you learn through this process about yourself? Uh, apart from, you know, having to let go, but was there anything that you really learned? I mean, I'm sure there's so much that you learned about yourself. Um, and if, you know, you can share it with me. And if, if you don't want this aired, we can cut it out. But um, yeah, asking you the deep questions now.
1: Oh, yeah, I'll share anything. I'm fine. I'm an open book. I, um, I, I mean, I could be here for hours talking about everything I learned about myself. But I would say that some of the biggest things that I learned about myself is one that I was a massive people pleaser and that, you know, I'd been accommodating so many people over myself. And the fact is, I've always taken very good care of myself, but I wasn't taking care of myself deeply enough. And I was still prioritizing other people's needs over my own. Mine were still attended to, but on a secondary basis. And so that was huge. Um, the other piece was just, the fact that I was I was so fractured and scattered, there were like pieces of me all over the place. That I just was judging myself a ton, you know, for for experiences that I had had in this life, and um, and just I was very self critical, very self deprecating, and I needed to understand what it felt like to receive. Completely infinite, sustainable, unconditional love that was given to me no matter what I said or did Um, and really allow that to be my foundation for inviting in all of these scattered parts of me so that I could fully kind of put them together like puzzle pieces and really see who I was at the core And I was very distracted by success and proving myself and, you know, being um, academically successful and um, financially successful and all the things. And really, none of it matters, you know. So it it was really helpful for me to get my priorities in order and to slow down and to stop being in this space of just, like, trying to prove that i'm a great person
0: Mm, yeah yeah do you think that um to who to who were you proving that
1: to myself i think
0: yeah yeah Mm
1: -hmm. do you
0: think that um type a personalities and being highly self-critical uh just go hand in hand
1: yeah Mm. absolutely absolutely yeah
0: and so who are you now
1: I'm freaking awesome man you are. i am so, so great i am like so vibrant and spunky and creative and adventurous and curious and playful and open and deeply deeply loving and just just so devoted and feminine, which is not something that I would have said before, because I think I was just very much like on the masculine road of like achieve, achieve, achieve and do, do, do. And, you know, um, and it's just really beautiful to just be me and allow myself to get up every day and just say, you know, what, what do I desire to do this morning? Like where I, I love being in my own company. I love being in my own company and just spending time with, whatever naturally comes forward even if it's emotions that i don't consider positive right mm. like just being with all of me
0: mm. it's like you you're out the box now
1: mm-hmm. you've been yeah. out the box mm-hmm. and
0: you're just free to be you
1: yeah mm.
0: that's beautiful what a what a gift that the akashic records have given you
1: Oh, and then Like, I'm so grateful for sepsis. I'm so grateful. It completely changed my life in the best way. And that's the other thing. And I think that goes with people pleasing is just boundaries, like having really clear boundaries with who I am and what I'm available for and what I'm not available for in terms of what deeply serves my vibration and me being more of who I am and expanding my joy, like only allowing things into my field that expand my joy, not just that meet me in it, but that expand it
0: beautiful wow yeah that's so great so in, and so can you are you able to um, pick up when your energy is being drained too oh, yeah. much and therefore you know that's another thing oh okay this is a boundary that i have to place down and so you've become better at being able to place those boundaries down and not be a people pleaser mhm mm
1: yeah
0: so the i mean how do we get in there let me in let me in
1: (laughs) so i have a meditation that i can share with you that we can put in the show notes if you want it's on my youtube channel and it talks about what the akasha crickets are how they work why they're so great and then I'll take you through the meditation and the ritual to get into the Akashic Records and start, and I'll guide you a little bit in, in that space for how you can connect to the energy and start to bring through messages. Um, that's my most popular video on YouTube. Everybody loves it. And it's very easy way to, to practice over and over again if you want, getting into the Akashic Records. And what I'll just say is for those people who are kind of stuck in the mind more, or feel really restless and anxious, like I did at the beginning, um, it can be helpful to to move the body or to do some tapping. I actually have a a tapping playlist on my YouTube, too, so you can do some tapping or move the body um, just to bring the nervous system back down to, like, a calmer state so that you're more receptive when you go into the records. Um, And then you can just play in there, or you can just be.
0: How exciting, wonderful. So, your YouTube uh, channel is Emerge Healing and Wellness?
1: Yes, it is.
0: Yeah, beautiful. Uh, And so, you you just follow that meditation, or we can put the link actually in the show notes, like you mentioned, Um, and we can start out. But, recognizing that, yeah, we just have to, you know, like anything, I suppose it's like getting into meditation as well. It does that first meditation. And, oh, golly gosh, I used to meditate every day, twice a day. And mm-hmm. then I had a break. And then so 2024, you know, I'm getting back into meditating again. Yeah. <sighs> Gee, whiskers. <laughs> it's like that first meditation back. You're like, anything yeah. but. Let me out of here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and then, well, I'm, I'm,
1: yeah. Go, go ahead. What were you going to say? <clears throat>
0: and I can't believe how much I used to love it you know, like live for it. Um, And now how quickly you can kind of get distracted. And um, yeah, so it's, it's a practice, I'm assuming, just like a meditation.
1: Yeah, well, and that's what I was going to say. It's like, you know, don't be hard on yourself. I mean, there's going to be days, there's some days where I'm, my mind is all over the place when I'm meditating, you know, or when I'm in the Akashic Records, like you're a human being, you're not going to be perfect. It's about, just connecting, like just the fact that you're setting the intention and you're sitting down to do it like is, is brilliant. And just give yourself some, some leeway and some space and some grace to just, um, allow your mind to be a monkey some days. Cause it's going to be a monkey some days and you get to just witness the monkey. And I think that's the piece with meditation is like, you get to just witness the mind as it bounces around and you get to just sit there and smile as it, you know, jumps and does its tricks. Um, and it will eventually calm. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, exactly. You don't need to react to the mind, and I think that that's the the key that we need to remember. We, d- you know, yeah. um, just it's it's like actually a sleep little sleep technique for anybody out there that um, struggles with sleeping is I uh, get myself into a really comfortable position because I'm a master sleeper. Like I'm class A. I can sleep anywhere, anytime. And I just get really comfortable and I tell myself I'm comfortable breathing through my nose and my mind will say, oh, I'm itchy or I've, oh, no, I want to turn around this way or that way or, and I just be really still, just allow my mind to race and do its thing and tell me I'm itchy and whatnot, hot, cold, whatever. And if I just don't move and I just you know don't engage with those thoughts then within seconds you know minutes i'm sleeping so um i think that's um, what we do when we're getting better at meditation and connecting mm. into the akashic records is eventually um we don't the mind is not controlling us anymore in those mm.
1: yeah. I love that
0: yeah Oh, my goodness, it's been such a pleasure talking to you and getting to know your story and, yeah, yeah how you support people. Um, and so how can people work with you, Laura?
1: So there's a few different ways. Um, I have a few online programs. That my, the opening program is called Vitality, and that's an eight-week program, but you get access to the the content for a lot longer than that. Um, and really, this is a, a program that I created for myself. Um, and I created it for myself when I was having these bouts of not feeling well after I had healed to a certain degree. And I recognized that that was really me being invited to surrender deeper and to deepen my practices even more. And so I was like, okay, how do I hold myself accountable for it? <laughs> Continually doing this just because and not waiting for a symptom, right? And um, that's why I created Vitality because what I do is for everybody that comes into the program, um, I create customized energetic and spiritual practices through the Akashic Records for whatever their intentions are and whatever's coming up for them. And I go live multiple times a week to really start to rewire their systems and their energy and their minds to constantly being exposed to this frequency, to continue to you know, shift their mindset, shift their energy, so that they are completely doing a 180 from the time they enter the program to deeply believing in themselves, deeply trusting in universal energy. And um, obviously you're still gonna have human emotions, you're still gonna have things coming up in your life, but it's I, I know exactly how to handle that without being too shaken. And, and I know where I'm going and I'm very confident in that. Confidence and, and intuitive expansion are the two biggest things that people get from that program. Um, and there's a lot of one-on-one time because I like to customize that. So that's my, that's my biggest program. And then I also have an Akashic immersion program as well for people who want to really dive more into the Akashic Records and learn more about that space and how it uniquely moves through them. Um, And then people can work with me one-on-one as well. They can just book a reading. They can book a pack of three readings for a discount or we can work together more consistently.
0: Mm, Beautiful. And I was actually perusing your website Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um, before we came on and you've got a retreat coming up in May.
1: Man, Um, this is the best retreat on the planet. Oh. It's the best retreat on the planet. I am obsessed with this retreat. It is amazing. It's my biggest one that I've run. And uh, I like to call it at the, the, the retreat for spiritual badasses because we dive in, man. I mean, we we go from we really shift from the mind into a higher level of consciousness over that five days together. And it's there's just nothing like in being intensive in person with the same group of really, really beautiful, loving people, it's it's life-changing. I mean, it's just absolutely life-changing.
0: It totally is because, well, it's the, you know, the people, the the frequency will just raise by all of you being yeah. together and yeah. you guys will basically be levitating away from there after the five.
1: Oh, 100%. That's what we always do. And, and we also do – um because most of the people who go are, are come every year, you know, because they just love it so much. And we just do Zoom calls once a quarter just to kind of, like, keep that integration going and sustain the momentum and the energy shifts and the mindset shifts that occur during the retreat because that's so important. It's so easy to lose some of that once you get back into the human sauce, you know?
0: Well, maybe I can get there in May. <sighs> that be come amazing. Come <laughs> love to whereabouts is it
1: it's actually it's in the berkshires massachusetts and it's um so it's like three hours from no two hours from me something like that i'm about an hour north of new york city and um it is in christopher reeves old mansion so he was superman and what i did not realize this house is insane insane anyway what i did not realize until we got there for the retreat. And I had visited it already, but I never noticed. It's literally built on a mountain of clear quartz. So there are boulders of quartz all around this property. And so while we're there, we just mine crystals, like, the entire time. And we have gotten all sorts of little crystals, but giant, giant quartz stones from this place. It's so fun. Wow. And it's so powerful. I mean, the space itself, like, the, it's wow. just... Oh, just gives me chills. It's amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, how exciting. Absolutely. I'm picking up your generator energy. Ah. I know. <laughs> I'm thinking, how can I get there? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Beautiful. Just
1: influencing you with my aura. <laughs> you are.
0: You are. You're calling me in. <laughs> Um, beautiful. And we, I do know that we have quite a big, uh, American listening because I've, I have a once a month podcast with, um, my sleep, uh, work therapist, buddy, best buddy, and she's in America and she's, yes. Yeah, so who knows? There might be somebody on this podcast that can make that trip a- across. Yeah.
1: That'd be great.
0: Yay. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. I'll let you go to bed now because I know it's starting to get late there.
1: Yeah. Thank
0: you. I'll go and have some lunch. Um, I'm going to
1: use your sleep tip, Lucy. Yeah. There you let go. Let me
0: know how you go with it. I will. Thank you so much. I'll definitely be checking out that video and um, starting the process to connect in with my Akashic records. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. It's amazing.
0: Beautiful. And that wraps up another episode of Therapist in Your Pocket. I hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation with Laura. Don't the Akashic Records sound cool? I'll certainly be diving in. And make sure you check out the show notes to get the link to her most watched YouTube channel on how you can access your Akashic Records. And while we're on the topic of retreat... I also have a retreat. Well, it doesn't sound, well, while it's not on a mountain that's full of crystals and it's not in Christopher Reeves' mansion, it's still pretty beautiful. I have a beautiful one day retreat. So it's not a sleepover, it's just a day on the 31st of January. For us women to break free from the grind and choose another way to create our goals from within instead of chasing our goals and glorifying burnout. We will honour being well-rested, We're going to ditch the busy badge for 2024 and we're going to lean into explore intentional living. So I invite you to pause, reflect and come along to this beautiful one day event. Your invitation is here and the link to join is in the show notes as well. So come and secure your spot, and I look really forward to holding this space for you. Let's grow together. I wanna let you know that if you are in a lot of pain right now, you do have resilience within you. Resilience that gets you through these storms. It may not seem like it now, but with patience and surrender and allowing your energy to guide you in how you show up for yourself, healing will unfold. I wanna remind you that you can reach out to me or anyone you trust for support Whether it be me or Laura, your pain doesn't define you. It's a chapter and it's part of who you are becoming, but it's not the whole story. Embrace the process, and in time, you're going to discover so much strength and hope that you never knew existed. So together, let's remember that the
1: shadow is always working for the light.